This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Derek Armstrong and Word of Grace Community Church. For more information, please visit wogcc.com. Well, you can also, uh, I want to make note of this. We haven't said anything about this in a while, but you can follow along on uh, our uh, version if you have the Bible app. I know a lot of you have a phone that has that on there. Um, there's a section on there where you can go to the live portion um, on the menu, and if you do that, you'll be able to search for um, different messages and, and events in your area, and you'll see Word of Grace on there. And you can actually pull up my notes. So what I preach from, you could have a copy of and use it to make notes of your own on, and then you can email it to yourself later. So if you're not taking advantage of that, I wanted to remind our church that we do have that um, available if you will uh, utilize that. You can also uh, follow our uh, the Bible uh, as well as follow our messages on um, our Word of Grace app as well. You can get on in the App Store. So I wanted to make just a quick note of that. Um, and if you're in, the, in, in grades uh, 5 through 8, we do have 180 that happens um, to my right uh, in a room down uh, in the corner. Uh, it's called the Oasis Room, so I want to make mention of that as well. Some of you may or may not know we have that available, so we do have that as well where there's a different teaching going on for those age groups. So, man, you know, as I think about doing things for God or serving God or I think about living for God and I think about... All of the things that we want to encourage people to do and all the things that we want to see people do and we all should be doing and growing in. We have this idea sometimes, I think, and it's a wrong idea that anything we do for God or any way we serve God, it has to be really big and really complicated because we think if there's going to be anything in our lives that has any significance to it or has any weight or that's really important, it's got to be complicated. We often will dismiss simple things because they're just too simple, and we don't give a lot of weight to simplicity. We give weight to big old complicated stuff. We think that you know we've got to do this at this time, and it has to be done this way, and it has to be just this big massive undertaking in order for it to have any weight or any significance. And we think that's how we have to be with prayer. We think, well, I have to pray in a way that's going to be impressive to God. I have to understand so much scripture. I have to do all of these things for God in a huge way. Otherwise, it's not going to really matter, and it doesn't have really any eternal bearing, and it's not really going to affect a whole lot. And so we dismiss the simple, but actually if we look at the heart of God, we'll find that there is beauty in simplicity. And I want to show you that in Luke chapter 2, if you will turn there. If you have your Bible this morning, if you're using the app, go to Luke chapter 2. And we're going to read through the way that Christ came to this world. Luke chapter 2, let's check out verse 1, let's read this. It came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. The census took place while Quirinius, I don't know, I just butchered that one, but um, while Q was governing Syria. We'll just call him Q. We're good like that. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. And now he was going to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, that the days were completed uh, for her to be delivered. So she brought forth her firstborn son. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. 
Behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. The angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This is going to be the sign to you. You're going to find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from the shepherds into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. You know, as I look at this, I I see that the best gifts, the best gifts are simple, but yet they're powerful. Because Jesus is the only one who is worthy to receive true fanfare and glory and honor and a big deal made about His coming, right? If anyone was worthy of that, it would have to be the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Wouldn't you agree? But here's the thing, He didn't come that way. I mean, my goodness, we live in Sheboygan County, for most of us do anyways. If, if, if a C-list celebrity shows up for broad days, we're going to be like lines down the street to shake his hand and to, to, to get his autograph or get our picture with him. We freak out, right? We freak out when we hear that so-and-so saw uh, Clay Matthews drive through our town and everybody freaks out wants to go see the tire marks where his car was. Now, we get excited about all that kind of stuff. But how much more excited should the world have been about the Savior of the world, about Jesus Christ being born? I mean, horns, trumpets, the media should have been there. It should have been a global event. But yet, the way God wanted to do it wasn't that way. God said, I want to do it very, very simple. Wasn't even a a, a super awesome, nice, clean place for Jesus to be born. So he's born in a barn. And he's being wrapped up in these swaddling clothes, these little strips of cloth, and then he's laid in this trough where these animals eat. How simple is that? But how powerful was it? You see, I think that when we look at the heart of God, that we can see his nature and the way he operates and the way he wants to do things. And when we look at the way that Christ came to this earth, we see that it was very simple, but yet it was very powerful. And we can learn something from the heart of God and how you and I are to walk with him and how we are to reflect that character in the world instead of looking at everything that's powerful having to be big and complicated. Even the way that the angels praised God. It wasn't like there was some big, huge song with like all these guitar solos, you know, harp solos or whatever. It wasn't like they had... All these verses and courses to all of the words they could have said about how awesome God was. No, they just said, glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth and goodwill towards men. And they were singing that over and over again. So simple, but yet so profound and so powerful. So my question this morning is, why do we make 
being a Christian so complicated? Why do we make loving your neighbor so difficult? Why are we so full of excuses? Why do we make a relationship with God so hard? Why do we make prayer such a difficult thing? And we have this idea that for God to truly hear our prayers, that we have to spend our time trying to impress Him when we see the very heart and nature of God as not one that does things in a way where we would necessarily be impressed, but yet He does it in a simple way, showing us His character and the way that He operates. You see this all throughout Scripture. You see the simplicity of God throughout Scripture, all over Think about the, the, the way that, that when, when the Philistines were uh, invading the Israelites and they set up camp, did God send this great, huge, dramatic person and an army in order to run them out? No, he sent a little shepherd boy, didn't he? Who was watching his dad's sheep. And he didn't use a bazooka. He used what? A sling. And he used what? Rocks. He used extremely simple things, but then God took those extremely simple things and did something powerful that those simple things could not have done on their own. God took simple things over and over all throughout Scripture, and He did something great with them. So we need to understand that the best gifts are simple but powerful, and the way that God wants us to navigate our relationship with Him and grow in knowing Him doesn't have to be this big complicated thing that we may think that it is. Because here's the deal. If we think relationship with God is complicated, probably not going to do it. Or we're not going to be able to hang very long. Prayer, if we think it's complicated then we won't be able to hang very long with our perception of what perhaps prayer means. If we think that reading the Bible is this huge, big ordeal that's super complicated, probably not going to last. And so we stay away from some of those things that actually we've made it a lot harder than it is, but God wants us to make these things simple and see the beauty and the simplicity. Because the best prayers are grounded in truth they're simple and they're sincere. They're not ones that God goes, oh, well, fancy pants you. You know how to pray. Wow. Wow, I have not heard prayers like that. I am impressed. God is not impressed with our prayers. We have this idea that God wants us to pray to him in the King's English, you know, because the, the King James Bible is the one Jesus used, right? Even though it wasn't written until 1611. I mean, all the movies with Jesus, he's talking British, right? Oh, Lord, I thank thee for this day and thine many blessings thou hast showered upon me and mine household. Oh, Lord. And if I pray that way, God goes, man, I got no sort of prayer. <laughs> God is not impressed. God is not impressed. God doesn't go, wow. He, he put a TH on the end of everything. He can pray. God is not going wild. You see, but when we make things more complicated than they should, we, we, we get intimidated by perhaps someone maybe who prayed something that was so beautiful and we're like, wow, I can't pray that way. And so that means that I should never grow in prayer so I never step out and I never try. But the best prayers are the ones that are grounded in truth. They're the ones that are simple and they're the ones that are sincere. So that way you're not praying off the wall stuff. We want to pray the will of God, amen? amen. So our prayers need to be grounded in truth. What is truth? It's the Bible. It's the Word of God. We need to be praying the very Word of God. So we're praying the heart of God, the will of God, and we need to pray simple but yet sincere because here's the other side of that coin. You can know all the Scriptures, 
You can know all the words. You can have it all memorized. And God not move on your behalf because your heart's not in it. You can say all the words just right. And you can do it all just right the way you were taught and the way that you learned it. But if it's not from your heart, do you think God goes, those are some really good words. No, God's like, I came up with those words. Even re- the reason words even exist is because God said words will exist. That's the only reason we even have these things. So God is not impressed with something that he created that you're using for him. It's just like this story that I heard. It's a great story. A pastor told this story, so I can't take credit for it. Another guy told it. But he said that his, his daughter was in gymnastics. And if you have kids, and you have kids in gymnastics, or who have taken gymnastics, when they come back from class and they've learned something new, what do they want to do? They want to show you. And they don't want to show you one time. They don't want to show you two times. Nope, they want to show you about 300 times. Right? They want to show you over and over again. And he said his daughter was in gymnastics. He had had a really hard day. Long day. He was exhausted. He couldn't wait to get home and prop his feet up. So he gets home, gets in his recliner, cranks the arm back and is laying in the chair, grabs the TV remote, see what's going on in Sports Center. So he's chilling out. His daughter comes in the room. Daddy, 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 watch my trick. Daddy, daddy, watch, watch me do my cartwheel. Okay, yeah, yeah, let's see it, honey. She does her thing, and he goes, that's good, that's great. Daddy, 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 watch my cartwheel, watch me. And he's like trying to go, I'm trying to see what the... What the, what the score was, what I'm trying to see. Because he said she did this five or six times. And finally he gave her the suggestion, why don't you go outside and play? <laughs> he said, I loved seeing her trick at, at, at first. I was impressed. I was like, wow, good for you, honey. That's great. I'm glad you learned how to do that. He said, but after a while, he said, I wasn't impressed with her trick anymore. He said, so she went outside playing. She was on a trampoline, yet again, trying some gymnastic things out. And then he heard a different tone. He heard, Daddy, Daddy! And all of a sudden, the, 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 the chair, he, just, he, he jumps out of it. And he runs out to pick his daughter up, who had done a trick on the trampoline, but yet she had fallen off and she had hurt herself. You see, that's what caused the heart of the father to move, was not how good the trick was, but rather the sincerity of the cry in the heart. That's what caused him to get out of his comfortable place and say, I need to move and do something. When I heard the cry that she needed me, he said, because my, 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 my watching of her trick didn't really make me want to move a whole lot. So you see, folks, we can learn all the right things to say. We can learn all the right things to do. We can even pray the Bible and know the Scripture. But if it's not sincere then we're just speaking words. It's got to be something that's sincere. It's, and that's why it needs to be grounded in truth. It needs to be balanced. Yes, you need to have that truth grounding there. But it also has to be sincere. I, I know sometimes people will say some things and they're very sincere about it. And then they're very convinced. Let me tell you, just because you're sincere about it doesn't mean it's true. You can be sincerely wrong. So I want to make sure there's a balance there. You understand what I'm saying? So when we pray, we need to have the balance of, yes, truth, and yes, sincerity. We need both, but it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be hard. Matter of fact, let's do, let, let's do this. Let's go over to Matthew chapter 6, and let's do this. Matthew chapter 6, 
Let's look at verse 5. Jesus said it like this concerning prayer. He said, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. They love to pray standing in the synagogues on the corners of the streets so they can be seen by men. He said, assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you've shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, don't use vain repetitions like the heathen do, for they think that they'll be heard because they use a lot of words. Therefore, don't be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you even ask. So in this manner, you should pray. Why don't we do this together? Read this with me. Our Father in heaven... Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, I know a lot of you have prayed that prayer before, and you may have grown up learning that prayer. That's why I knew that when we did this together, that some of you would revert back to the words that you even use. So instead of us reading it together, you would even use the words that you say when you would say that prayer. And it just lets us know, man, sometimes we can memorize things, but have we ever stopped to think about what we're saying? Have we ever thought about the weight of the words of this simple prayer that Jesus said, if you don't know how to pray, I'm going to teach you. Why don't you say something like this? Our, our fathers in heaven, hallowed, that word is holy be your name. Holy be your name. Your kingdom come, your will done, not my will, on earth as it is in heaven. Have you ever stopped to think about the weight of what you're saying instead of just saying it? Because there's nothing special about just saying it if there's no sincerity behind it, Right? It's good words, no doubt. But God's looking at the sincerity of our heart. He is not impressed with our trick. He is not impressed with what we memorized or what we did. He's looking at our heart. And that's what he's interested in. So to have effective prayers and to pray the will of God to be done, you need to get the scripture inside of you. And you need to know God more. You need to know his heart. And not just knowing his heart for you. That's a part of it. No doubt there is a part of having a relationship with God that we want to know His will for our lives and know what He wants to do for us. But there's also a part of relationship with God that we miss sometimes. When we make it all about us, we miss just getting to know Him. Because we want it to be about knowing Him because a lot of times we'll have an agenda. (laughs) What can I get from God? Well, there's nothing wrong with asking Him or getting things from God, especially things that He has promised that He wants to do for us. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But there's also a side to relationship that wants to know God just because you want to know Him more. And so when we pray, let's pray in a way where we're talking to God. And and, and here's something that I want to encourage you to do. When you pray, not only pray grounded prayers, not only pray simple and sincere prayers, but I want you to even step out of your comfort zone and pray out loud. To talk to God. To hear yourself talking to God. Stop being intimidated by other people praying. Especially if if they pray a long time. And you're like, man, the best I got is God's great, God's food. God's great, God's good, let's thank for this food type thing. If that's all you got, start there. Start somewhere. Okay, Don't be intimidated. 
because someone prayed in a way that was maybe, uh, wow, this person, it's obvious this person knows God. That's good. That should encourage us, not intimidate us. Amen? Amen. You know, I don't think anyone is taking a vote when you're asked to pray on how well they thought you did. Well, I'll give that prayer an 8.7. That one over there, I don't know. I don't know if we made above 500 with that prayer. I think that was a 4.9999. No one is sitting around judging those prayers. So stop worrying about what people think when you pray. Amen? Amen. You should be able to confidently pray because you know God. But you've got to start somewhere. Sometimes there's uh, people who pray for a really, really long time. And a lot of times God will even give us gifts of intercession and people who are called to intercessory prayer where they actually are standing in the gap for someone for a long time. Like they're praying for a certain situation and, it, and, and, and they, they feel this, this weight on them to pray and they have to pray until they feel that weight lifted. That's called intercession. That's praying with a burden. And sometimes people do that. That doesn't make them better or more spiritual than the way that maybe you pray who maybe don't pray prayers of intercession. Don't get intimidated by that stuff, okay? Let you be you and grow where you're at, amen? amen. And, but the thing is, is that if we have this idea that it has to be complicated, then I'm not going to do it. So I need to get it in my, in my mind that God is not interested in me trying to impress Him. He's looking at my heart, and He wants my prayers to be grounded in truth. And He's trying to teach me how to pray and teach me how to know Him more, amen? Because He wants me to have a relationship with Him. Because the best relationships are the ones that are founded in love. The best relationships are the ones that are founded in love. So here's the deal. Getting to know God and having a relationship with Him simply means that you're pursuing knowing Him more. That you're knowing His heart. And you're not just knowing Him for you, but you're knowing His heart for everyone. I want to give you a challenge here. When it comes to getting to know God, one of the best ways to know His heart is through doing just what we did with the story of the birth of Jesus. It's me not just reading the Scripture for what it's saying there, but for what I can see in the very heart of God. I can know some things about God based off of what we read in Luke chapter 2. And as well as other places that only reiterate the heart and the character and the nature of God. I can know that God wants to do things in a very profound way through things that seem insignificant. And I can see that's a part of God's value system. Just like when someone does something that's very close to you, that's out of their character, if you go to bat for them and you go defend them, what will you say? Oh no, I know them. They wouldn't do that. That's out of their character. You would say that to defend someone. Oh no, that's not... That doesn't sound like this person. Or if someone does something that surprises, you're like, wow, I'm so shocked. That's so out of their character to do or say something like that. And it just really blows your mind that that person would do or say that. And you're left scratching your head because you know their character. You understand what I'm saying? Now, did that person come up to you at some point in their life? And did they say, one day I may get accused of doing this, but just know that's not in my character and I don't do that. I won't say that phrase. So if everyone, anyone ever accuses me, you can say, nope, they told me that, and I know they wouldn't say that phrase. Does that happen? Maybe in Wackoville, maybe. But no, stuff like that doesn't happen. You can make those decisions of the, the, those character judgments just because you know the person. And when I know the person, I can go, no, I know they wouldn't say that. Not because they told me they wouldn't say that, but because I know the person. You see what I'm saying this morning? You see, I can know the heart of God 
without me having to go, well, what TV show should I watch? There's no scripture and verse for what's okay and what's not okay. Yeah, but I can see the character of God. I can see the heart of God. Well, what places should I go? What types of people should I hang out with? There's not a bunch of do's and don'ts in the Bible that tells you how to navigate every step of your life just black and white. Because there's things that happen in our world that we have to go, okay, I have to let the Word of God and the Spirit of God on the inside of me lead me and guide me into all truth. And that comes from me knowing His character. And I know this will grieve his heart because I know him. Not because I see something specifically that said, don't go here, don't go do this. No, because I know that this will grieve his heart because I know him and I love him. You see, there's a difference when I know the character of God. So, so I want to encourage you to do this. Read the Bible, not only just to find out what is for you, which there's, that's good. There's nothing wrong with finding out what's for you, but you get out of balance when you make it all about finding things that are just for you. Amen? Because the Bible is not just a book that was written to us to tell us all of the things God wanted to do for us and has done for us. That's a part of it, sure, and that's a good part of it, but we stop there too often. And if I'm only interested in what I can get from God, then that's not a very healthy relationship, is it? There needs to be not only what does God want to give me and what does He want to do for me, But how do I just get to know him for who he is? You see, so when I read scripture, then I want to challenge you to do it in order to search more of the heart of God. When you see the way that God operates, when you see what he does throughout scripture, Old Testament and new, you begin to see a consistency in the very nature, character, and heart of God. And that's how we get to know him. Wow, I didn't know that about God. So you look to the heart of what God is doing. Man, when so many times you and I would have given up on people that did to us what we all have done to God, (laughs) you know? So many times you look throughout Scripture and you're like, God says, don't turn away from me. My mercies are here for you. And then what do do people do? What does humanity do? Turn away from him. But then what does he do? He still provides a way. He still says, I still am going to love you. I'm still going to give myself for you. I'm still going to put myself out there even though you are rejecting me so we can learn about the heart of God for us and we can see how big his heart is. Amen, church? So here's the thing. Not only does God want us to grow in praying, not only does God want us to grow in getting to know him more through his word, but he wants us to grow through us serving him actively. And I think this is one of the, 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 the parts of relationship with God that we often think has to be some of the most complicated. Because prayer, we, we kind of get, we, we, I can do that, yeah. Reading the Bible, we kind of know, yeah, I can do that. And I know I'm, I should do that. And I know I want to do that. But man, when it comes to the serving being available thing and we attach God to it, all of a sudden you want to talk about people viewing that as complicated. And getting intimidated. Oh man, if I'm going to do something for God. We use that phrase a lot. Let's do something for God, right? And we don't want to do anything for God because we're afraid that if we put ourselves out there and say, Use me, God. I want to be used by you. That he's going to call us to sell everything we own and live in a hut in Africa and tell people about him by making clicking noises. And that's what we think doing something for God is. We think it's these extreme cases. Now, may God call you to do that? Yes. But not everybody is called to do that. Amen? Amen. You see, we think calling is this huge, complicated thing 
We think serving him is this huge, complicated thing. And so because of that, it intimidates people. And I think the enemy would love to use intimidation to keep you from praying, reading the word, and being available. But I'm here today to try to teach you the profound impact that simply approaching these things in a simple manner can have to reset your mind so you can step out and begin to do things you never thought that you could ever do before because the best gift you can give someone is your time. It's the most powerful gift you can give someone. The best gift you can give someone is your time. Simply being available to listen is often huge. You know, I don't know if you have uh, any loved ones or relatives in nursing homes, but those who are in nursing homes... They don't really get impressed if you want to buy them a new car. They don't really get impressed if you want to buy them a big, you know, 70-inch TV. They might appreciate it, but they're not going to be that impressed. They're not going to be impressed that you dump loads of money in their lap, are they? All the things we seek after and think we have to have. What's the one thing that those who are shut in and live in nursing homes, what's the one thing they appreciate more than anything? Your time. So how come it takes us our entire lives to realize what some of the most precious things in life are? It's time. It's not that all of a sudden time became uh, uh, important at that age. No, it's, it's always been important. It just takes us that long sometimes to realize it. That the most special gift you could give to anyone, and it be you serving God and God using you, is you simply being available for someone as you're just listening to someone, you don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to be a certified counselor before you can minister to somebody. That's right. Amen, somebody? Amen. If you've got an ear and you can listen, sometimes that's all people need. They're not looking for the best advice. They're not looking for you to fix all their problems. They're looking for somebody to care about them. Amen? Amen. Doing something simple with somebody. I mean, it doesn't have to be huge and big and complicated. You know... Oftentimes you think about how we, how we treat one another, how we interact with one another. Man, how many times have you gotten frustrated and have I gotten frustrated with that new cashier, that trainee that doesn't realize I've got somewhere to be. And I don't have time to wait on him or her to learn how to run this information through in order for me to go along my merry way. And oftentimes the way I treat that person, hmm. I don't know if I always treat them in a way that's God-honoring because I put myself as the more important at the moment. Don't you know the customer's always right? (laughs) Customer first. Come on, somebody. Can I get somebody that knows what they're doing over here? (laughs) Have we ever thought that perhaps the way that we treat those people in those circumstances could be a gift to them that could actually let them know that they're valued, to let them know that somebody cares about them, to go... You know what, I, uh, what do they always say most of the time in those circumstances? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm new. And we'll either go, we'll let them know that we have the ability to breathe in that moment. We'll go. <sighs> <laughs> we want to make sure that they know we can breathe well. <laughs> or we want to let them know that we have the ability to make unintelligible noises. <sighs> Or we want them to know that we have a cell phone that we want to tap rapidly. And we want them to know that we can make glaring glances. And we want them to know all those things so we communicate those things to those people. 
But how often have we communicated to those people, you know what, I am in a bit of a hurry, but I understand. I've been new before somewhere too. I don't want this to ruin your day. Why don't you have a great day? Yeah, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm going to be praying for you that you'll be able to catch on quickly so you can just be a great employee here. Amen. All of a sudden, a simple act, maybe not even that detailed, maybe you just smile and tell them, don't worry about it, it's okay. I've been there before. Something as simple as that could minister to them. That's not huge. That's not big. That's not complicated. Pastor Derek, you're basically telling us to pray, read the Bible, and, and, and be available for people in simple ways. I, I could have slept in at church. This, we'll call, I mean, I could have slept in and not come to church because I already know all those things. Yeah, but how come those things often don't get practiced in our lives? Amen. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. I'm not preaching anything that I'm not unaware of in my own life. I'm just trying to challenge you to step out in simple things instead of making excuses because you think doing something for God has to be huge and complicated. It could have a huge impact on somebody. It could have a huge impact on that cashier, couldn't it? It could have a huge impact on that waiter or waitress today when you may go out for lunch. It could have a huge impact on your children or your husband or your wife by the way that you respond or you react to certain circumstances. Or the fact that you just turn off the TV and you sit down and you listen and you give them some time. Not that you're there to try to fix everything and do everything, but just giving them the gift of your time. We want to go buy things for kids. We want to go buy them all these great big things. But how more special is it to not only just present them with a gift, but rather give them the most important gift of all, and that's your time. Yeah, here's, here's this present, here's this gift, that's great, I appreciate that, I'm excited about it, but what are the things I'm going to remember? You know, I can count maybe five or six plastic things my parents bought for me as a child that were somewhat important to me, but I could tell you on and on and on stories of time that my father spent with me or times that my mother spent with me. Those are the things that are going to last, that matter, that truly shape us, right? Amen. The best gift you can give someone is the gift of your time. So here's the thing. Simply be available to listen, to serve, to pray. This is one of the best gifts you can give to someone. And all I'm trying to get through today is that a relationship with God is so simple. It's not this big complicated thing that we've made it out to be. A relationship with God is simple. And and so here's what I want to do. I want to give you three things that I want you to focus on. I'm going to challenge you on. And they're the three things we've talked about today. Those things are prayer, (coughs) scripture, and availability. Those are three things, and I want to start with prayer before we go today. I want to challenge you that prayer is simply talking to God, not impressing Him. If you don't know what to pray, if you don't know where to start, pray the Lord's Prayer. Pray that. Uh, Just go back to Matthew 6, 5 through 13. Write that down. Matthew 6, 5 through 13. Write it down. If you don't know where to start, start there. And then just focus on everything that you're saying. Don't just run through it so you'll feel like you did something spiritual. Stop and think about each thing that you're saying. Ask God to help you understand more of Him through praying that prayer. Pray something simple. If you don't know where to start, start there. And then think about every line of that prayer, what it means. And then pray it to God from your heart out loud. I want to challenge you. I think that's important. Out loud. If, if you're not... I mean, get in the car. I mean, you don't mind singing your jam in the car when you by yourself. I see you at the red light. I see people, they're at the red light, acting a fool. 
It's cool nowadays because we got like hands-free cell phones. Somebody I think you're talking on your phone. It's cool. Used to, people thought you was crazy talking in your car. It's cool now. Start somewhere. If you have a commute, take time on that commute just to pray, just to talk to God. If it's somewhere where maybe you need to carve out some time to be in your bedroom alone, to carve out some alone time just to talk to God, just to take that time to pray. Second thing is read the Bible from the perspective of searching out the heart of God. See, Jesus showed us and taught us God's heart and his character and everything that he did. Everything Jesus did was reflecting who God is because there's Jesus, God in the flesh, showing us the heart of God. So if you don't know where to start in reading the word, I'm going to encourage you, start in the book of Mark. Mark is a short gospel. It's one of the shortest gospels. And so maybe you, 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 you're, you're intimidated by some of the other readings. Well, that's one of the simplest, most clearest books that you can read about the story of Jesus. But don't only just read the story of Jesus to read it. Look at the heart of God and look at the character of God through the way Jesus acted and interacted with people. You know, if you have a conversation with Pastor Derek, it might take a while to say a lot of things to get somewhere that's really simple. Okay? If you know me and you've had conversation with me outside of Sunday morning, you know, it might take a while sometimes. Okay? You, you want to just make sure you've cleared your schedule. Because sometimes it takes me lots of words to say a few things. My wife is the opposite. She uses just a few words, and she gets straight to the point. Mark is the book that was made for my wife to tell the story of Jesus. And Luke, telling more of all the details, and John, those guys were, they were, God had those guys write that for me. So, but... If it's a great place to start. You don't know where to start? Check out Mark. It's very simple, but look at the heart of God. Don't just look in there for what God wants to do for you, even though that's a part of it, and that's important. Approach the scripture from looking just to see the heart. When Jesus talked to someone, what, what, man, what must be the heart of him interacting with people? Wow, what, what great love and compassion he had on people. Wow, see the character of God and just seek to know him more. And lastly, be available to someone. Not to have all the answers. Not to have all the answers, okay? But just to listen. Just to serve by listening or just being available. Show simple acts of kindness to others this Christmas season and throughout your life. It is simply the simple things in our lives. They make the biggest impact. It is truly the simple things, is it not, church? It is truly the simple things that make the biggest impact. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit wogcc.com.